Hi, and welcome to JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. My name is Pat Locke. I sit with the Global FX Strategy team here in New York. And with me today is Lad Jankovic, also from FX Strategy based in New York. Lad, thanks for joining. Uh, market focus remains pretty squarely on sterling at the moment. Uh, it's been quite a week following the trust administration's unveiling of its fiscal plans last week. The plan drew quite a bit of concern stemming from the size of the tax cuts, the not very targeted nature of the tax cuts, the lack of funding, uh, and perhaps also the lack of any independent uh, assessment from the OBR around the government's fiscal plans. Uh, cable has since traversed a 9% range this week, uh, while 30-year gilts also rose as much as 150 basis points at one point, only to fall another 100 basis points on the back of Bank of England intervention. It's a challenging spot, obviously, uh, for Sterling, since you know the government and BOE policy are essentially pulling in opposite directions at this point. Um, our view right now is that the BOE's hawkish rhetoric so far this week has maybe bought itself a bit of time, and you know maybe by allowing for an OBR assessment later in October, um, you know that will help potentially cause some nerves both in uh, FX and rates markets. Uh, but clearly, there, there's some trade-offs that are relevant for Sterling, uh, given that, you know, for example, the BOE ultimately had to postpone its QT plans in order to help restore some of the order uh, in rates this week. We've argued for a while that the BOE would need to hike substantially, maybe to, to 5 or 6%, uh, in order to help Sterling find some degree of stabilization. And so from that kind of perspective, the tactical standpoint, uh, Sterling's prospects are going to be pretty highly geared to the mix of policy outcomes uh, that both the government and the BOE ultimately decide to move forward with. Uh, so the, the next couple of weeks uh, certainly look like they could be quite volatile. That all being said, we're still pretty convicted on Sterling downside based strictly on the fundamentals. Uh, in our note two weeks ago, you know, we highlighted that the twin deficits in particular remain a risk and can widen further from here. Um, we expanded on that this week and did a cross comparison of macro vulnerabilities uh, using a tool that our EM team frequently looks at. And not surprisingly, UK rates fare reasonably poorly across the range of measures. And I think what's interesting there, and I think is what a key issue is for Sterling, is that your real carry right now is actually quite low relative to the rest of the more vulnerable camp in that study. Um, in other words, you know, fairly low short-term comp compensation for, for international investors, uh, given the UK's macro backdrop right now. Um, so that essentially means to us that the BOE does need to keep hiking aggressively, or otherwise uh, sterling should come under renewed pressure again. Um, so that's kind of the view from the macro side. Lad, I'd like to turn it over to you. Um, interested in kind of how you're thinking about this uh, from the derivative space around sterling yeah sure thank thanks Pat. yeah so we go into like really detailed nuts and bolts in the publication but just uh, just a few highlights here from the point of the um option space and how we see this pretty dramatic week in uh for uk and for sterling um definitely quite a bit of the uh in a way like really major repricing of the vol surface which is really just reflecting all the uncertainty that's been packed into um, this one week of uh, of events for for UK. So we're seeing about eight to nine points um, repricing in the front. That was the initial knee jerk. It kind of started a little bit to 
consolidated, but still um, remains pretty hefty on par really what we've seen in the past just a couple of times in historicals, uh, for example, Brexit and uh, COVID period being um, just two of the periods when we've seen that kind of repricing. Uh, back of the Volcker reacted as well, not as much, but still uh, quite substantially at about four to five ball points. Still the inversion that we are seeing between the front and end portion of the wall curve, and that signifies the severity of these uh, moves that we've seen this week. Uh, at some point, it was about seven points. Um, uh, the back end did some catching up, and now it's closer to about three, 3.5. Um, from the point of the um, pricing and where we see potentially interesting places still on the in the option space on the wall surface for uh, Sterling, um, we are less enthusiastic about the wings. Uh, they definitely repriced probably the most um, across the surface, uh, quite fat tails in a way, and we're seeing uh, quite sizable density of positioning for the downside all the way uh, past parity. So uh, wings we are a little bit um, less um, less uh, interested in, but um, even though nothing is really at this point cheap um, on, uh, uh, on on cable, of all surface, still there are some pockets which kind of look a little bit more interesting. For example, risk reversals, um, they're not as extreme and um, in a way like to provide decent hedge. Um, if things start to normalize, they shouldn't really, um, they shouldn't really correct as quickly as, uh, for example, front-end volatility. So definitely there should be a lag that would allow for, for a little bit um, easier exit point. Uh, for volatilities, again, Another pocket which seems interesting relatively to to the other things on on that surface, um, um, and primarily there is no gamma exposure there. So if we do um, hit a little bit of a pothole with the realized volatility, um, for volatility should hold at least a somewhat longer. Um, directional space seems pretty interesting. Um, skews pretty steep on the downside, uh, which then makes for pretty decent tail hedging. Uh, so put spreads are what comes to mind. Something on the line of like 25 delta, 15 delta strikes. Um, and um, those kind of things deliver about 50% discount. And even though there are uh, limited uh, upside structures, still we see about five, six times a leverage, which is pretty interesting. Alternatively, um, uh, something that's closer to parity on uh, at expired digital could be also interesting. Um, now, um, there is pretty, pretty substantial risk from just um, politics flipping um, on the UK side, but still it's potentially interesting to mention Barry Seagulls, uh, which um, they really benefit from elevated link pricing. So it's relatively easy to construct near zero cost um, Barry Seagulls in uh, Sterling um, at uh, pretty reasonable strike still. Um, so just to recap, um, risk is for advols are uh, places that we think uh, are interesting. And then is tail hedges. Uh, put spread and, and digitals definitely uh, also of interest. Um, now, Sterling's been like um, in, in really very much in focus this week, but uh, it is important to stay watchful of the broad dollar. So, Pat, what do you think uh, um, we could see in the coming weeks uh, from from the broad dollar? Yeah, thanks, Lad. So, obviously, you know, with all the macro volatility, there was kind of um, you know several channels to impact. The broad dollar this week and you know, ultimately we find ourselves higher on net that to me i think reflects a couple things first is that 
you know, higher U.S. or higher yields coming out of the U.K. There was a reasonably strong beta move across, you know, G10 rates. And as a, as a consequence, uh, U.S. real yields actually improved uh, week to date. And as we've been tracking recently, uh, the dollar continues to have a very, you know, precise correlation to the outright level of U.S. real yields uh, as financial conditions continue to tighten. So from that perspective, uh, you know, developments in the U.K., uh, were positive for the dollar. And then relatedly, just the uptick in terms of rates volatility itself, um, you know, perhaps not surprisingly, some of these large scale moves um, have also been very well correlated with the broad dollar's performance on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. So um, I think so long as you see kind of these, you know, large, large moves in rate markets, um, particularly to the upside, um, and, you know, perhaps concerns about liquidity generally in the market, I think all of that is consistent um, with a, a dollar positive backdrop. Um, and what I would also remind is, um, you know, we're not actually that far removed from last week's fairly, you know, momentous developments. Um, and in particular, uh, the hawkish FOMC, um, where Powell cited the term pain quite frequently, and we had a strong dots revision targeting 4.6 uh, for the median for 23. So. Um, you know, there's still U.S. factors to consider as well, uh, the Fed certainly being one of them. And then looking, you know, at recent recent data that we've got coming from PCE, jobless claims, um, all of those can continue to uh, to indicate that the labor market is tight and that inflation is proving, you know, continually resilient. And so I think um, that continues to buy the dollar a decent runway of time in terms of, you know, uh, stability to continuing our performance. Um, we'll look tactically to payrolls and CPI ahead of the next FOMC, but I think for the time being, the facts on the ground uh, in the U.S. continue to be dollar supportive, uh, and so so too do uh, the global dynamics that we continue to see across the board. So that's about it from us here at uh, FX Strategy here in New York. Thanks, everybody, for joining. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to J.P. Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on September 30th, 2022.